Thank you. It's good to be here with you. I, uh, yeah, I can't believe that I had not checked out your show more sooner than I had, and hopefully you will enjoy what I've got to share with you today. Well, that's why we're all here, man. All right. Well, I guess I will just get down right into the nitty-gritty of it all. So a long time ago, in the year 2000, it was a pretty crazy year. I mean, I was 10 years old just getting off the heels of the whole Y2K end of the world nonsense. I don't know if it was August or September, but it was sometime in in the fall. I had gotten some news that there had been a pretty traumatic accident at my godparents' home out in somewhere near Ann Arbor, over in the Detroit area. Uh, my understanding was that there was a gas leak overnight that occurred near or inside of their home. And my godparent, Buddy, he got up, went to the kitchen, hit the button on the coffee maker to start making coffee, and that's what ignited the gas leak. Was told that his wife was thrown from the home, and both of them shambled over into the neighbor's yard where they had 90% of their bodies covered in third-degree burns. Absolutely horrible. I was 10 years old. I didn't really know what a third-degree burn was from a first-degree burn or, you know. Mm-hmm. So our entire family, at least the immediate family, packed up, and, you know, we drove out to Ann Arbor. It was uh, me, my mom, my dad, and my uh, my grandmother, and my little brother, who was still a toddler at that point, who has no recollection of any of this. We all met at my Aunt Elizabeth's home. She lived about 30 minutes from their house in Ann Arbor. It was 
It was a pretty rough time. I remember spending most of the time there in the hospital waiting room wanting to know why I can't go in and see Buddy and Reggie. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a kid, I was fairly attached to these people. They had a, they purchased a National Geographic subscription for me, so every month I got to look forward to that in the mail. Plus, <laughs> <laughs> usually they would also send me a, a little handwritten note on that old-school yellow college-ruled paper. Mm-hmm. Always had a $5 bill on the bottom for it. Father would always make me write a note back to them, thanking them every month like clockwork. So I was pretty upset that I couldn't see them, but rightfully so. I mean, you don't, you don't let right. it. Yeah, I mean, that's not something a kid gets over. No, unfortunately, I don't think I ever got over not being able to say goodbye to them either. And I've kind of wondered if what I'm about to get into possibly stems from that. I don't so know. you were very close with them. I mean, just aside from, you know, getting a gift from them every month in the mail. But, um, I mean, obviously they were well thought of by your parents to, to make them your, your godparents. Absolutely. Um, I, don't, I don't recall really getting to see them all that often given how far apart we lived. And plus, I mean, I was 10 years old. I can't mm-hmm. remember much from that time. But I can tell you enough that I know that his first name was not actually Buddy, but that's what I always called him, so he must have been quite a close friend of me. I think, I believe his name was Norbert, but my name was Norbert. I'd probably prefer Buddy anyways. It's a <laughs> bit of an old too. <laughs> well, you just uh, take your time, get into what you had going on. Well, to preface, I was raised in a pretty strict Roman Catholic household. I'm pretty sure I've told you about that in the Mm -hmm. past. We didn't really talk much about, you know, anything paranormal or ghosts or anything. You know, you you had God and you had the devil. And that was pretty much it. There was no in-between that I was told of. So the the morning of the funeral, uh, they they had passed about a day or two after we had got there. Uh, First Reggie had passed, and then they said that, you know, with that, buddy just didn't have the strength to go on, and he went too, which is what it is. But I will never forget the waking up the day of the funeral. It was really weird. And by really weird, I mean I got up and heard something, and it, I couldn't really explain it because to me it sounded like I heard my Uncle Buddy saying, wake up. It's time to wake up. You don't want to be late. Come on, get up. And so I woke up. Well, me and my brother and my mom and my dad all went downstairs to the kitchen where my grandma and my aunt were preparing breakfast, scrambled eggs, bacon, you know. But it was oddly quiet. Really, really quiet. And it just, it really put me on edge. I wasn't thinking much about what I thought I had heard. We all just kind of sit there half awake, not really wanting to get ready to go to the funeral, just trying to eat breakfast even though nobody's got the stomach for it. Finally, in a kind of dramatic fashion, like you'd see in like, you know, like a cheesy 90s movie, my grandmother slams her fork down on her plate and says, is nobody else going to talk about what we heard this morning? And one by one, I come to realize well, except with the exception of my toddler aged brother, everybody heard the same thing. My mother, my father, my aunt, and my grandma. 
they all swear they heard him telling us it's time to get up. Really? Yeah. And I can still hear it in my mind to this day, which floors me because 30-something years old, haven't seen the guy in probably 22, 23 years, but I still can hear his voice just like that. So he was making the rounds, making sure that nobody uh, nobody was late for putting him to rest. That's that's how I took it. I what what was the response from everybody at the table when your grandmother did that? I remember my aunt. She was saying, "I heard Buddy tell me I got to get up. It was time to wake up." And my dad, my dad kind of nodded, but he didn't really want to say anything. He's just like, uh huh, uh huh. And my mom was like, Yeah, no, I heard that too. I thought it was just me. It's really weird. It's kind of a hurry to get out of uh, the little breakfast nook at that point. Nobody seemed to want to eat after discussing that or really even want to talk about it any more than that. In fact, How did you feel when you heard your grandma say it? Validated? Did maybe. You, did you say anything that you had heard it too? I, I'm I'm fairly certain that I did. Having to re- trying to recall what I had said when I was ten, though, yeah, was mostly shocked that everybody had heard something that none of them could explain. And being that age, you know, ghosts aren't real, that kind of stuff. Right. It definitely gave me something to think about all day during the very long funeral procession, and I kind of got hung up on it. And just wondered, you know, what was that that I heard? Was that really something that was heard? All right, so you sit through a extraordinarily long Roman Catholic funeral, and you told me that there were some some odd experiences. Some people may think this is a little morbid. I think possibly more um, more akin to your family trying to get a little bit of closure by going back to the home where your godparents resided mm-hmm. and uh, to actually just see the finality of what happened there. I'm not judging them, but I don't know that I would have taken my young 10-year-old child to that site, but your parents decided to. You had some odd thing happen there. Tell us about that. Absolutely. So after about a four, four and a half, possibly even five hour long funeral mass, we uh, went out to the property to see, I guess, the devastation or what was left. Possibly a terrible judgment call on my parents' behalf, but you've got a 10-year-old in a minivan with a you know brand new copy of Pokemon Blue. Surely he won't pay any attention to his surroundings, let alone the charred remains of his godparents' home. Still remember that site pretty vividly, but I didn't know why they were there. That being said, after a while, I was probably sitting in the car for like 20, 25 minutes wondering, you know, how long can this possibly take? It's a burned down house. So I look up, trying to see, you know, where's my mom? Where's my dad? Are they going to wrap things up? And when I look up, impossible for me to describe the site, but... It just appeared to me that the row of hedges dividing their house from their neighbor's house appeared to be, from what I saw, literally on fire. 
I've the whole hedgerow was ablaze. Just like the the very top of it. And this is something that I've tried to pass along to myself as, you know, just being like childlike imagination or something to that effect. But I sat there staring for a couple seconds and felt, oh no, the bushes are really on fire. Somebody should I should tell my parents. So I look over, trying to figure out, you know, where are my parents? Where are they at? Are they around the back of the house? And finally I see them coming around and I look back over, frantically pointing over at the bushes and no, the bushes appear to be perfectly fine. This is something that would continue to occur uh, two more times in my life over the course of about nine more years. So that's when I start to pass it off as being less than childlike imagination. What what continued to happen? Just um, randomly seeing fire in places that it shouldn't be. Really? Yeah, don't know. Uh, I've never been able to make any sense of it. Not sure if, you know, it was possibly my godparents trying to tell me something or hint at something or... Warn you of something. That is possible. That, and we, that actually will tie in later to one of these occasions. And that's honestly the best thing that I can think of is that it was, you know, possibly my Uncle Buddy trying to warn me about something. What it was that particular day while they were checking out the house, who knows? So what were the other things that you saw on fire? So there was one time... When me and my brother, about six or seven years later, were playing outside. I don't remember exactly what prompted me to do this, but next to the property we were at was a loading dock for like a hospice furniture store. It was a really weird place. And we used to play on this loading dock all the time because there was nobody back there. And I remember I found a rather large two by four. And I was like, I wonder if I can pick that up. You know, little kids, they like to pick up sticks and stuff and, you know, pretend it's a sword or whatever. And so I'd chase my brother out after it. He ran inside screaming. And I was like, well, I guess maybe that was a little bit mean to be taking a fake swing at your younger brother with a two by four. So I go back to the loading dock and sit down with it just sitting there next to me. And and I'll never forget just staring off at the house, wondering if my brother was going to come back when I kind of got that distinct smell of burning treated wood. I mean, maybe it's not a very distinct smell, but I've been doing a lot of woodworking lately, and it does have a certain smell to it. But that being said, I looked down, and it looked to me like there was a like a knot in the wood, that was starting to smolder a little bit. And at this point, I'm thinking, what is going on right now? I should tell somebody. So I did tell somebody. I ran inside and told my mom's friend, Denise, who was babysitting us. She goes out there, confirms there is a a burned mark in the piece of wood, And then proceeds to yell at me and ask, you know, did you snatch up one of my lighters? What have I told you about playing with fire? And I guess that would be a good way to assume that maybe I was playing with fire, except for I don't think I learned how a Bic lighter even really worked until I was about 20. So (laughs) you got the little wheel and then the red button, but 
little me. I, I have no idea why she had assumed that because never been scalded for it before. Possibly a warning. Maybe it was just, you know, some someone mad at me for possibly nearly very possibly injuring my younger brother at the time. Who's to say? The weirdest one, however, then this is the last time that I can say that, you know, I was pretty sure that I saw fire in a place that it shouldn't have been, was when I was, I want to say 18, and I had just went over to my mom's house. And for some reason, I, as I'm walking in, I just thought to go look in the, in the kitchen, maybe see if there's something to eat or whatever. But that's when I saw a fire in the oven. Like literally, no idea what it was to this day. Somebody put something in the oven, possibly, and it caught fire. So there was no fire extinguisher in that house. I'll be blunt about that. There probably should have been. So I'm running outside to go grab the garden hose. And as I run outside by the hose reel, is the, uh, what you call the, the gas main, the gas meter. Mm-hmm. And I smell gas, which is given what happened to my godparents, a smell that freaks me out. Yeah. I mean, it's never a pleasant smell anyways, but. The rotten egg. Yeah. That really nasty sulfur smell. So I'm like, oh, that's also not good. So I go running back in the house and it's no fire. But there's definitely a gas leak. Warning, maybe. Don't know, but we had to call Semco out. And, and there was a legitimate gas leak. Yeah. No no real trace of any legitimate fire, but there was a legitimate gas leak that had to, we had to have the gas company come out and repair the gas main or whatever they do whenever there's a gas leak. Mm-hmm. Most likely shut the gas off to the house to begin with. Yeah. So what was, what was the relation of your godparents to your parents? Were they friends? Were they relatives? Or? They were my legitimate aunt and uncle on my father's side. Not sure if they were specifically my aunt or uncle or his aunt or uncle. I thought about contacting my father or my grandmother to get more info about that before coming on your show, just mm-hmm. to have more of a backstory, but... Their deaths have always been a pretty touchy subject in the family, and this figured it was probably best not to bring that up, let alone, oh, you know, because I'm going to go on, well, we know what this show is about. Yeah. So, no, they, they were legitimate blood relation. It stands to reason that there would be a, a high degree of concern for, for the safety of, of the still-living relatives. Absolutely, and... I mean, they were quite literally my godparents. So, I mean, I nowadays I may have been raised Roman Catholic. I'm more akin to believe with what you believe at this point. There is something out there, mm-hmm. some sort of higher power. But, and I don't want to be misquoting your beliefs, but I don't know what it is. But I I believe in something. I don't think anybody truly knows. I think there's people that believe they know because their faith holds them to it. And no disrespect to anybody who is of that belief. 
But the bottom line is your faith is the only thing that is convincing you of what you think you know is on the other side. Um, until, until we get there or until there is an actual second coming of Christ or anything like that, we just simply don't know. You either have to have faith in either what the Bible says or whatever religion you're, you're subscribed to, you know, whether you're a Buddhist or, uh, you know, your Islam or anything, everybody has their own, their own belief system. I think they all stem from a very, either the same or a very similar story because there are so many direct correlations to what Catholic religion is, is based on as well. But at the bottom, at the end of the day, bottom line is we don't know. We hope and we have, we have, we have our beliefs and we have our faith, but until we're there, (laughs) Until we're there, we will never know. Now, I wonder if, you know, like in the instance of, of that, that gas leak at your mom's, I, I wonder if you were just inadvertently a, um, a side note to that. I, I almost wonder if, I mean, that was her residence. Did you live there with her at the time or were you living somewhere else? I was... Yeah, fun thing about divorce, split custody. So, yeah, I was living there, and I was supposed to live there every other week. More often than not, I spent 90% of my life living there. Maybe one or two days a week at my father's house. I believe that's where I had just been coming home from at that time. Mm -hmm. So. So it's quite possible that somebody was reaching out from beyond the veil to... To make sure that the same thing didn't happen to you guys. That's the only way to this day that I've been able to rationalize it. Did you ever make your mom aware of the fact that you you saw a fire in the in the oven? Yeah, and she told me I was being hysterical. I'll never forget that because it's like, okay, this this kind of thing has happened to me three times in my life. And you know, but had you not seen the fire in the oven, you would have never thought of going outside to get the the hose to put out the fire which would have never led you to where the gas leak was. Absolutely. I'd like to say, for the record, we did buy a fire extinguisher after that happened. That's good. Thankfully. But, uh, yeah. Did you ever talk to your dad about it? No, I think after being told that I was being hysterical, I just decided maybe it's best to keep this kind of stuff to myself. At least until I, you know. And that's unfortunate because I think... uh, with many things that are considered paranormal, whether you're having an experience with uh, creatures in the woods or, you know, what possibly could be demonic entities or, you know, friendly little hauntings or, like you, warnings from basically from beyond the grave. When we're, when we're younger and we're in our influential ages and, and the adults and the authority figures in our lives put a kibosh to our thinking or willingness to discuss those kind of topics. I think as we're, when we're born and as we're children, because children seem to be slightly more open to paranormal experiences. And I think that's because they haven't spent years having those kind of topics shunned 
and shut down on them, they're still open to everything. And it's unfortunate, but you know, there's, then there's, you run into people who have experiences in a multitude of different types of um, high strangeness. And then we look at those people like they're nuts. It's like, oh yeah, you saw a UFO, right? Oh, you had ghost experiences too. Hmm? Oh, and a Bigfoot carry, uh, you know, followed you out of the woods, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure you did. Oh, those people tend to never want to talk about that stuff ever again once it gets to that point. But yeah. no, it's it is unfortunate. I one thing that kept popping into my mind as I was heading here to record this with you was I don't remember who the person was, but. You were speaking with someone in, I believe, your first or second episode about all the different theories on why children seem to be more, have more of an affinity Mm -hmm. to this kind of phenomenon. And, you know, does it hedge out or grow out of it? I can at least safely say that there is one more very recent follow-up to this kind of activity in my life that made me realize okay maybe that's not always the case although maybe thankfully this time there was no fire involved but oh this was a doozy so one day when i was at work i had to run some uh, ethernet cabling throughout the ceiling in one of our buildings to mount some cameras and I had been doing this all day for a couple of weeks. So it was nothing new. You just you got a couple boxes of Cat Five cable or Cat Six, whatever. You've got your fishing tape, and then you got your duct tape. So I had been working in one corner of this building all day, and I decided, well, I need to go run some lines out of the other end of the building. I go in, and the uh, the data closet is is on like the far corner of the room that I'm in. And as I'm walking up there, I'm looking down at my hands. I've got, you know, a a box of Ethernet cabling in each hand. And I've got my fishing tape, you know, nice glow-in-the-dark fiberglass rod. And as I'm turning the corner to walk into the room that's got our our data center in it that we've got to run the cabling out of, I think to myself, oh, well, shit, I forgot the duct tape. And I swear the second that I turned into this room, a roll of duct tape that I thought I had left in the other end of the building rolls right off of our network stack and that room rolls right towards me in the doorway and I just stopped dead in my tracks. And at that point, (laughs) (laughs) not, not trying to like sensationalize or oversell this experience, but at that point I just stopped, dropped everything I was holding looked straight up at the ceiling and said, buddy. And in that moment, the side door to that media center, that room that I was in, slammed shut. Just absolutely slammed shut. And it's like a hard, single-pane glass window door. And it just rattles, scares the bejesus out of me. And at that point, I'm like, nope, nope, I'm, I'm good. I, I'm, you know what? There's four buildings. I'll go work in another Done building. Done for the day. Yeah. <laughs> I left everything in that room, left the lights on, and I just walked right out. Next day, told my boss, and... He was like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, no. And to whatever credit, he would not go in that room for the rest of the week. He's like, no, we can just, we'll do that next week. Really? Yep. Yep. I, to this day, I don't like being alone in that room. 
I don't ever like having to work out of that that closet. I'll I'll take a coworker with me. I don't want to ever be alone in that particular network closet to this day. It it just I don't. Now, do you feel any kind of? Uh, I mean, obviously, it scared you, and it was it would be a shocking experience to have happen. But do you feel any kind of uh, malevolence about it, or is it? No. Can you tell? Is there a is there a playfulness to it, or uh, just I'm trying to help you out? That's. I think it was a a combination of the 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 last two. Just a playful. I'm just trying to help you out. Calm down. Jeez, it's just a roll of duct tape, and. To be fair, even just to possibly discredit my own story there, it is a drafty room. It could have been a complete sheer coincidence that door slammed shut. It slammed shut probably three or four times a year, but it just really caught me off guard that within a second of me questioning Buddy out loud, it, that's when it decides to slam shut. And I mean, hard-pressed to think that was even a draft when I was the only person in the building and all the doors were shut, but who knows? Well, it's odd to me that you focus on the door more than the, the roll of tape actually rolling off of his stacking I, I, and I, coming I, towards <laughs> you because that's the one that would kind of make me uh, take notice more than the door. I think the door would be the fill in my pants yeah. <laughs> uh, continuation of that, but but the initial the initial shock of seeing the, the, the item that you were convinced that you had forgotten or had to go back for comes rolling to you. I have no idea why why it would have been in there. You know, I retraced my steps that day, and I was just like, as far as I had known, I had left it that roll on a shelf in the other data closet on the opposite end of the building. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you stated that when your godparents passed away, you were obviously living, your family was still together. Mm-hmm. So I assume you were living in a different spot than where you were with your mom when you found the gas leak. Yes, that is correct. So that's, that's two different places. Mm-hmm. You, you went to the godparents' home and witnessed what you thought was the, the hedgerow to be on fire. That's a third location. Then you have this experience in the facility that you're working at, another unrelated location. So it seems to me that that something is following you. Sure, it feels like it. Rather than just being something that's associated with a specific location. It, now, it, let me ask you something. Have you at any time, you know, and, and I understand because, you know, my, my parents weren't divorced, but I always knew that things weren't, terrific between my parents. Mm-hmm. I never knew that I was like literally the only thing that was holding them together at the time. But I did know that, you know, there were, there was never any beatings or anything like that. It was just some pretty, some pretty terrible arguments. I mean, things that would be said were not necessarily the things that people who are in love and, and want to be with each other. Uh, those type of things being said to each other. So, I mean, I kind of knew deep down it was a, it was a volatile, um, a volatile space. When you're in that position, now you said you had a much younger brother. Yeah. Um, 
so to some extent you were kind of like me and that you were kind of an only child being at that age that you were because mm-hmm. um, you were what seven years older four years older five years older uh nine nine years older yeah did you ever did you ever find yourself gravitating towards darker thoughts or possibly the use of a Ouija board or any kind of fascination with video games that would possibly and I know I'm going to get people that are going to say, oh, video games don't make you do anything. And I realize uh, they that they don't. <laughs> I agree. They don't. But if you have a fascination with a type of genre, let's leave, let's use that, whether it's video games or books or movies or anything like that. If you have a very, if you have a fascination with things that are related to darker imagery and darker mysticisms, I believe it can open, it can make you more susceptible to experiencing things. I guess my question for you is, in a long way of getting around it, did you ever mess with anything like a Ouija board or did you ever have a period in your in your youth where you were going down a road that maybe you invited something? Like open myself up towards these possible energies spirits mm-hmm. whatever you want no not that i'm I mean, aware of uh it was pretty common knowledge throughout catholic school that if you owned a ouija board you were going straight to hell like <laughs> express lane like you, yeah. as soon as the money is exchanged like you cannot save your soul and you know as a little kid a I was pretty all about, you know, the Ten Commandments and going to church three times a week. And I, no, as far as I know, I never. And I guess I, the reason I ask that is, you know, not to be, not to at all jump on the bandwagon of like some of these ghost shows that every, every haunted item or every creaking floorboard is a demon because I don't believe that's true. Right. I, I think I think there's energies. When we pass, we have energy in us. Mm-hmm. And when we pass, it's proven that energy does not go away. You can't you can't destroy energy. It's got to go yeah. somewhere. Turn into something you know? else. And whether that's our consciousness or that's our our soul or our spirit, it it goes somewhere else. And possibly, you know, part of my belief is uh I have a pretty strong affinity for the idea of uh, uh, common consciousness, mm-hmm. you know, because if you, if you pay attention to what they say in the Bible and it says, you know, like when you pass away and you go to heaven, all the questions will be answered, right? Right. Well, how else could you answer all the questions? Either you have one person or one entity that tells you everything, or you become a part of everything and everyone who has passed before you. And you now are, able to experience their experiences and their, their learning. I had never even thought about that, that, you know, if you become part of that whole, does that not accomplish the same thing that the Bible says? I would certainly think so at that point. So, I mean, is it right? Wrong again? Nobody knows. Yeah, we don't, Um, but it, for me, that, that seems to be a, I don't know that I could say it seems to be a logical thing, but I would certainly think that that would be, 
I would like for that to be true that you would you would gain the the knowledge and experience of everybody that's passed before you I mean that would definitely be nice if it all worked out the way it was written in you know whatever form it's written you do hear about that stuff and several different mediums but i i don't know was i possibly clued into some fragment of that in each of those moments who's to say i'm just some guy who feels like every now and then his godparent is just kind of punking him out at this point but you know and possibly this, this is just me shooting from the hip here but seeing the uh the the burning bushes seeing the the smoldering knot hole in the the two by four maybe that was maybe that was someone's way of preparing you to not ignore your brief scene of a fire in that in that oven you know not yeah. not just rubbing your eyes and going oh that was weird yeah thought i saw fire in there and then ignore it Maybe that was someone's way of priming you to react at that point when that happened. I mean, that would, that would totally make sense to me at this point. I, you call it shooting from the hip, but I'm, I don't know what else to possibly call it at this point. I've seen just random weird things and i pretty much at a loss at this point for trying to make heads or tails of it. But either way, I mean, it's not been harmful. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe a little bit emotionally harmful being tall than being hysterical, but <laughs> then you go and catch a gas leak in your own home. So who knows? So you have some other things that, uh, that have gone on now that you've, uh, you've moved on and, and have your own place. And Oh Yeah. A couple of odd things that have, you know, not to jump to the finish, but a lot of odd things that have oddly stopped happening as soon as I put a crucifix up in every room in my house at my wife's request. But Really? Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, So I want to say it was about four, maybe five years ago. My wife and I, well, girlfriend at the time, whatever, we were out grocery shopping and we come home immediately see the weird. Well, I thought it was funny, but she stops dead in her tracks. And I'm like, what? You look over and across the living room from our front door and we didn't have much, uh, much furniture, TV stand, TV and a love seat and a coffee table. That was pretty much it at the time. Oh, I never even thought about this. So a, a lighter of all things was standing perfectly upright on the love seat. And I was like, what's the big deal? It's just a lighter. And she's like, yeah, but it's standing perfectly upright. And everything on this house is in a slant. And this isn't the first time I've seen this. What do you mean everything's at a slant? The uh, foundation's off, you mean? Yeah, yeah. The, the foundation in our home had a crack that was sealed up and probably not repaired the best of ways. So there is a probably like two degree slant to everything in our house, <laughs> which makes everything fun, especially when you're cooking. Um, so I'm not thinking much of it until she says this isn't the first time that she's seen this. Seeing the lighter standing up. Yeah. 
Uh, she said to me that she came home from work one time before she even met me, and there was a lighter just standing perfectly upright on the couch. She thought it might have been one of her exes. Who so she lived in this yes. place prior to you moving in with her? Yes. Okay. Uh, the first time, she thought maybe it was a jilted ex that came into her house to mess with her, so she had the entire apartment rekeyed. Well, that was the second time when I saw it. And then when I went over to grab the lighter, I, I probably fidgeted with it for about 30 seconds before giving up. I couldn't stand it up on the couch like that. I thought, you know, well, at the time we both smoked and in the house, which, God, that was a terrible mistake on both counts. Uh, I thought maybe she had just got up off the couch, had a lighter in her lap, and I just kind of happened to fall over that way, but after spending like 30 seconds trying to balance it just right and not being able to, especially they usually have like the little plastic wrap with a decal on it or something sticking out of the bottom. I couldn't do it. It was just one of the handful of weird things that have happened in this house. Uh, the other being the cupboards, the cupboards that randomly seem to open of their own accord. There's been several times that we had come home from being out of the house and there would be like one cupboard just randomly open, not, not like just cracked open, but like open all the way with the door wide open against the next cupboard. Hmm. Maybe it's just like, oh. Forgot to close it. Yeah. As you know, we all do it. I, I meant to make, uh, make coffee this morning and I put the grounds in the basket without putting the filter in it. I shaved my beard today, and I put the wrong guard on it. <laughs> Whatever happens, we all make mistakes. So I never thought much of it until one day I come home and every cupboard in the kitchen's open. Really? Yeah. Not all the way, but, I mean, you couldn't have them because the doors would, you know, overlap. But literally every one of the 16, 18 cupboard doors were all just wide open like somebody had been looking for something in there. That freaked me out. Not uh, not particularly fire-related or, ha-ha, my God, parents rummaging, looking for Cheerios. Like, I had no idea what to make of it other than the fact that we live where there used to be Indian burial mounds. Don't know if that's the case. Don't want to spoil a possible future episode of yours either, but hint, hint. <laughs> um, it was definitely weird. Uh, what else? So the location that your house is at, Mm -hmm. You are, what, literally a two-minute walk from Native American Indian burial, burial mounds. Uh, to my knowledge, that is correct. At least that's where the state landmark icon for them is, along with two very weirdly shaped hills that have a bench in between them. Right, and uh, I was looking into this after you and I had talked, and at some point, I guess, there was originally six mounds oh. at that at that location. Well, there's only two now. And the article did allude to the fact that some of the remains had been dug up and moved, which I'm not sure that that's a great idea. I would not. Yeah. I don't know what I've seen in life, but disturbing anyone's remains, especially Native American burial mounds, that does not seem like a, like a solid plan. 
I, I would say those should remain untouched for the rest of time, mm. but apparently it's too late for that. Can we say where this is? Absolutely. That's Sumnerville, Michigan, right? That is correct. Just a little north of, of Niles, Michigan. Yep. Tiny village. You blink, you'll miss it. Yeah. One of the best hot ham and cheese sandwiches around. Very yes. close to uh, very close to that location. Very much so. I think we won't don't even have to name drop that many of your <laughs> listeners probably know already. Um, I won't knock the hot ham and cheese sandwich. I would say get the full order. I prefer the uh, the bacon cheeseburger myself, but you know anything with an ice cold Bud Light Platinum, and I'm sold. Which will probably <laughs> out who I am to your listeners as well. But whatever. So, <laughs> so let's get back to the uh, the opening and of the, all the, the cupboard doors. Oh yeah. Your, your significant other, your wife. Mm-hmm. Now you lived together for some time, not being married. And then you've recently got married. That is correct. Congratulations on that. Thank you. She's witnessed the, the doors being open as well. Yes. And what are her thoughts on it? You said she insisted on you placing crucifixes in all the rooms of the house. So, what led to that was actually one thing that I haven't personally observed, but she had on several occasions to the point that she had asked me to do that was she kept hearing the bedroom door open when she's in the bedroom, laying in the bed, looking at the bedroom with, with the door in her peripheral and it's already wide open, but she would be laying in bed on her iPad, whatever. And she just kept hearing the, the, it's a creaky old door. And she would kept hearing that popping sound that it would make whenever it's open from being closed, but it was already open. So I don't know much about her upbringing other than that she was raised Lutheran and she had a Lutheran cross in her belongings. And I had a rosary and one of the crucifixes for my grandmother's in storage in our apartment. And she's like, I'm not trying to sound weird, but could we like maybe put these on the walls and see if that like makes some of this weird shit stop happening in our house? So yeah, went ahead and I took her Lutheran cross and mounted it above the door in our bedroom. And I took my rosary that I had and I put that on the walls here. I, all I remember about being a little kid with that was it was the rosary they gave me in like kindergarten to teach me how to do it because it mm-hmm. was Catholic school. And they said, you know, always keep this near and dear to your heart or something to that effect. I will say since doing that, all the weird stuff that's been happening in our house has stopped for better or worse. We also had before putting that stuff up, there was also a, kitchen chair that we used in our living room as one of our sparse belongings of furniture at the time to watch television well one day I come home with her we were both out like every other day and that chair is sitting square in the center of our kitchen and she's like did you do that and I'm like no what would I need that for so cue me putting on my best like secret agent face and clearing the house, making sure there was no intruder or anything. But yeah, no, it was the darndest thing. I don't know why that chair was there. 
the only reason that chair would ever be there is if she were to change the light bulb in the kitchen lamp. That's what I was just going to ask. <laughs> but I don't need it for that. And since she met me, I am now the official light bulb changer in the house, <laughs> given that she stands at five foot four. So, yeah, no, bunch of weird so stuff. So where, where was that chair originally at? You said it, it was uh, in the living room area because that's, you use that for an extra seat for watching TV. Yeah. And it was what, just like a normal wood kitchen chair? or Yeah, I think pretty much anybody that bought furniture from like Walmart in the late 90s probably has the same chair in their living or dining room of their home or in their kitchen. It's a kitchen chair, but whatever. Just a normal wooden kitchen chair. So like just for the listeners, can you approximate like how many feet away from where it should have been sitting? Uh, about, about. Eight, maybe 10 feet. It's a, a duplex, so not a lot of square footage going on, but it was definitely far from its intended place in the room. Now, I remember at one point, did you not say that your brother lived in the other part of the duplex? Uh, yes. Yes, he does. Okay. Now, is he still there, or are there other people that have... Uh, he still lives there. He still does. Yep. Does he possibly dabble in any dark stuff? No, I think uh, he's pretty far removed from all that. Is he? I would say he's about as straight atheist as possible. No belief in any higher power, no belief in anything paranormal, any of that. I never thought about that, though. There could be, like, something going on over there that would have caused this stuff. But Did you ever talk to him about the, the cupboards and the... The chair moving? No. Oh, actually, to be fair, I don't think he w- they were currently living there at the time. There would have been different. Gotcha. Yeah. There were other people living in the other side, but we, not the uh, politest people, no no real association. Well, the only reason I ask is, you know, I mean, if that's a duplex and, I mean, you are, you're, you're governed by the same four outer walls of being the same building. Yeah. If, if somebody who had lived possibly in the other side or if somebody had lived in, you know, but you said your your girlfriend at the time had lived there for a while, mm-hmm. um, the possibility of somebody prior to her moving in could have been messing with. You know, it, the one thing that I've been told, I don't know if this is any truth, but my, my father-in-law, well, ex-father-in-law, he passed away. He was our landlord. And he told us that this property was like the oldest dance hall in Michigan. I mean, it would make sense, I guess, if it's by the oldest establishment in Michigan, it wouldn't be too far-fetched. Which is the restaurant that we were talking yes. about. So, I, so your your duplex was originally a dance hall. That's what I've been told. I have been unable to find any like property listings or anything to really date that information, to really fact-check it, but... It would stand to reason. Interesting. It's the original foundation, I can tell you that. You do not want to go down there in the colder months. But So the, the, the building itself could have a, quite a history. Lord knows how many previous tenants. I still get mail for at least four of them. Oh, and really? Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Adame, if you're listening, I, I have your CVS coupons. I don't know if you're <laughs> even still with us anymore, but I've been holding on to them. Please come get them. What can I say? 
we've no, I seriously, we've had previous tenants come by asking for their mail, and I'm like, okay, guess we'll start holding it. Are these the people that have invited whatever it was into our home? I'll never know. But I'm not taking the crucifix or the rosary down because it's calm now. Well, and that's good. And I mean, if that's if that's what did the the trick, I wouldn't take them down either. Oh, it worries think, me that it stopped. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I guess that would be a cause for a little bit of a cause for alarm. Initially, I was just going to say that you know, throughout any of your experiences, at least none of them seemed malevolent. But the fact that the activity in the home stopped when you put the the crucifixes up. Yeah, that kind of makes me wonder. I mean, did it stop because I did that, or did it stop for another reason? As long as it stopped, I'm that that was the goal. And as far as I can tell, it's been two years, two and a half years since that happened. And you know, knock on wood, the only time the cupboards are open now is when I leave them open which sometimes I do just to mess with her. But, you know, <laughs> thank God she doesn't listen to this yet. <laughs> Anything else going on? No, that's honestly for now. That's all I've got. And uh, I'm happy to be here and share this with you. Well, I appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners are going to enjoy hearing your your accounts as well. I'm sorry to hear about your your family members that perished years ago. I can't help but think that your experiences with seeing the the fire and the smoldering knot in the wood was somewhat a prelude to preparing you for that incident at your mom's house. Like I said, I mean, it's totally possible. And that's that's just the way I'm going to look at it. And... No, I, I appreciate your condolences. They were good people. And I know they're in a better place now, whatever that place may be. But thank you. If I haven't already said it, thank you for having me here. Oh, I appreciate you being here. Thank you. You make sure you let us know if anything picks back up. For sure. You'll be the first to know. All right, Josh. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining me this evening. If you have an experience or there's a topic that you'd like to have covered on an upcoming episode, please contact me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter, all at Uncomfortable Podcast. If you haven't yet, please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and leave a review. T-shirts are still available in sizes medium through 2XL. The cost is $25, and that covers the shipping to anywhere in the continental U.S. The show is growing by leaps and bounds. Thanks to you, the listener. We've got some great content coming up. So stick around. <laughs>